Welcome, 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 welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Not Rocket Science, the podcast that talks about the intersectional relationship between business, technology, and culture. This is Sean, your host. How are you guys doing on this Monday night or Tuesday in late November? It is late November. Thanksgiving is upon us. So pretty hype for that, hype for some turkey, well turkey itself is kind of mediocre, let's be honest, let's be honest, does anyone actually like love turkey, it's fairly mediocre by itself, if I'm keeping it real, but you can cook it in certain ways, you can just throw a ton of gravy on it, and that's pretty good, I like to smother turkey and mashed potatoes with the gravy, pretty good, pretty good. Um, but I'm more in it for the pecan pie, personally. But anyway, all that aside, hope you're doing well. We're not quite there yet. We're still in grind mode. Um, so today, what are we talking about here at Not Rocket Science? So, uh, last week at this point, I, I guess it was last Thursday night, I want to say, the Anti-Defamation League had their International Leadership Summit and uh, one of the main takeaways from that summit, or the main takeaway that kind of got viral, was um, Sasha Baron Cohen, you know, Borat, very nice. Uh, he accepted some award that he got from them and did this very long speech where he basically called out uh, all the major social media companies in Silicon Valley, you know, Facebook, Google, Twitter, etc., um, and basically called them out and went hard in the paint on them, like hard, hard to the point where it was viral news. Like I remember I was just checking Twitter cause I'm a hypocrite and, uh, he was trending on Twitter for basically calling out Twitter. So that was kind of funny. I was like, why is Sasha Baron? He's like, does he have a new movie coming out or something? Um, but no, he just accepted this award and dedicated his entire speech to basically explaining how social media these days, the state of it today, not the idea of social media, but the state of it today, um, you know, it's they're basically, his quote, not mine, the largest propaganda machines in history, and or the largest propaganda machine in history. And um, he really, really went especially hard at Facebook because Facebook has been kind of protecting the way they... Their mode of operation, I guess, through claiming everything, you know, trying to side with the whole like freedom of speech argument and preserving freedom of speech. They're kind of grabbing that narrative as a way to protect themselves. And I think, I mean, that was basically the thesis of what Mark Zuckerberg said earlier this year. And Sasha, when he, when he uh, spoke in Washington, 
and Sasha Baron Cohen was just basically calling out all of his BS, all of it. So I watched um, watched the speech in full, and while I'm going to touch up a little bit on what he was saying, I want to kind of go in deeper on some of the things he didn't quite state or he kind of scratched the surface of but didn't really um, hone in on it because a lot of his speech was more about how such horrible propaganda and how such you know evil people or election riggers or whatever have the freedom to do whatever they want on these platforms and the companies don't really do anything about it and you know the injustice of that the immorality of that etc he was really going and taking the immorality angle for everything he was saying which is totally fine i mean he's right and i mean at the anti-defamation league's event it makes a lot of sense to, to uh, rile against defamation, right? Makes sense. Uh, he did it in a really clever way. You know, he talked about his characters and why they worked. And he was basically saying how people laughed when he was Borat making fun of Jews because everyone has this collective awareness that Jews are misrepresented throughout history. So you laugh at that misrepresentation. But if you didn't know that that was a misrepresentation and you thought that was real then the joke's less funny because you're just stating the thing that you are or Borat is just saying the thing that you already believe and he said the danger of having um you know free advertising for anyone to just kind of spread their conspiracy theories or lies or propaganda what have you is that these collective understandings of what's ridiculous starts to go away and diminish, and then it makes everything harder when it comes to trying to gain some collective understanding um, from a practical level, academic level, even comedic level. So that's kind of where he was coming from in his speech. But for me, the thing that really stood out is when he talked about how all of these angles that places like facebook are taking to preserve what they're doing as far as kind of like attaching themselves to freedom of speech which doesn't make sense and he does a really good job of explaining that like if a nazi walked into a restaurant it's kind of immorally wrong to let that nazi person sit at that restaurant and speak all of his nazi speech right like there's nothing about the law that prevents that restaurant owner from kicking that Nazi out of his restaurant if he comes in with his full garb and doing, you know, the Nazi thing or KKK or whatever other hate group. And he's saying the idea that, like, Facebook is different in any manner is totally ridiculous. Um, But what he went into, which to me was kind of the thing that stood out the most, was he was saying how... They're going to say all these things and do all these things, but the reality is is the only thing they care about is their share prices going up and how do they get their share prices to go up by getting more users on their platform and more engagement. And everyone knows that controversial things in social media get the most engagement. And all of these platforms are dependent on that. So from a business interest standpoint, they will do whatever it takes to not have to do away with that because that has a direct correlation to eventually their sharehold, you know, their shareholders and their stock prices and all those things. So 
that to me was the interesting part and it makes you really think like how did we get to this point how do we get to the point where we care about engagement metrics over doing the morally right thing or morally just thing um, when it comes to making a decision and then trying to you know use that attractive soundbite of freedom of speech as your you know, company ethos and try to attach yourself to that movement, which is very, you know, from a PR standpoint, sounds very nice because it's very American. Um, and, you know, freedom, liberty, justice, blah, 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 blah. But when you take that thought line of thinking out of the context of social media and apply it to, I don't know, a car company, a restaurant, whatever, like Sasha Baron Cohen was talking about, it totally falls flat. Um, so it's just funny how there's this whole PR movement trying to attach Facebooks and companies like that to freedom of speech when in reality that one has nothing to do with the other. I find very interesting in order to kind of evade the fact that they need negative things on their platform to reach maximum engagement. So why are we doing this? How did we get there? Um... To me, I'm going to stick with Facebook because Facebook's the most egregious example of this. I think Jack Dorsey at Twitter is a pretty smart dude for the most part. They're having, you know, their own battles. and uh, But they're at least, and Sasha Baron Cohen pointed this out, they at least, you know, have banned political ads on Twitter. So that's something. Twitter's a cesspool, but I think the very nature of what Twitter was as an idea just scaling to the masses would eventually make it a cesspool. So to me, Twitter, you know, it is what it is. And um, you can use it in small communities, and I think it's a pretty good tool. But when you start using it as your mass news feed for all politics and world news and things like that, obviously if you click into any thread that gains traction, it becomes a complete clown show because People from all different cultures are not designed to interact with each other in a uh, fair and just and uh, just way exercising decorum when you have a character limit and it's all digital and your real identity or uh, the insecurities of having face-to-face contact with somebody aren't quite there. Um, So just in the very nature of the platform, Twitter is going to be a disaster at scale. But it's good when it comes to interaction in smaller, you know, subdomains, subcultures. And it's also good just as a quick, the immediacy of it is effective for just getting like breaking, real breaking news, like news news. But to me, Facebook's the more interesting one because Facebook was A, the first one, and B, they're the one that is still probably the most stubborn in changing their ways or at least recognizing um, their faults. And, I mean, you know, the election was basically rigged because of Facebook existing in the first place, amongst other things. But to me, what I just want to touch up on is the fact that Facebook is a really something that turned into something else, and it's a product management and product vision issue more than anything else the lack of foresight in terms of figuring out what facebook would eventually become 
back in the day when it was still, you know, social media for college kids or whatever, that lack of foresight and predicting this is ultimately what did Facebook in. And on top of that, the lack of business model is really what killed Facebook. And it's the same thing across the board. When it comes to product management and figuring out a healthy business model, um, it goes back to what this guy Jared Spool has said over and over again. Jared Spool is kind of a uh, well-known name in the world of user experience, usability, things like that. And one of his main sticking points in, when it comes to business is how advertising is kind of like a business model failure because it disrupts the experience of the user and um, for the sole benefit of the advertiser. And he's talking about this from a pure usability standpoint. But I think he's dead on in the case of Facebook. Facebook was this big viral thing in the golden age, I guess, of social media. And uh, everyone knew they wanted to attach themselves to it because of the massive audience that it had. But no one knew forever how to make money out of it. It was making no money. And uh, they never really quite figured out a healthy way to monetize Facebook. So eventually they're like, advertising, okay, we'll do advertising. So they do advertising. And when you do advertising with that level of audience across the world, bad things are going to happen. It's just in its nature. It's a lazy way to monetize your business. It's the laziest way. And Facebook couldn't come up with any other way. So they just did the lazy thing, and the lazy thing is what bit them. It's what bit them in that ass eventually. And to me, that's the fundamental reason why all of this has kind of spiraled downwardly into the state of where Facebook is. It's because they went with the lazy way to make money, and... um. What they're talking about is totally applicable to what Jared Spool's talking about because what he's talking about when he says advertising is digital real estate on an interface, which is what Facebook does. Radio advertising or podcast advertising, hello, what's up? I think it's different because it's just an interrupter, but it's not taking space on the interface itself. It's not disrupting people at all points in their experience on your website, on your app, etc. So when they decide to say, screw it, we're going to do advertising, and then create this, over the course of 10 years or so, this massive bidding war for digital real estate on this place with this massive audience, with massive engagement, you know, you're asking for a, a disaster. A disaster you're going to make money on, but a disaster nonetheless and then, you know, they went public and everything. And then engagement matters. Engagement matters for the shareholders, for the company in general. And engagement on individual ads to show that um, the ads are worth it, which they're not. If you look into it now, it's turned out that in 2017, that was kind of like the peak of Facebook advertising. And now the median ROI on um, a Facebook ad across the board is disproportionate to the cost um i had to do some research at work for that at one point so that's the only reason why i know it but yeah so now facebook ads are a total ripoff most companies that i talk to 
know they have to play that game, but they're not exactly in love with their returns. And then the really funny thing is on top of all that mess, you have now on platforms like YouTube advertising and Facebook advertising, Instagram advertising, all these bro agencies trying to teach you how to do Facebook ads as a Facebook ad so you can make money doing Facebook ads yourself. When it's starting to get that messy on your platform in just a business context, so just, you know, business education and things like that is becoming a cesspool. I mean, when it comes to politics and conspiracy theories and all that stuff, and you're allowing that on your platform too, I don't know what really like what other outcome could even happen. But the bottom line is the sole reason or the catalyst behind why we're in a state where Sasha Baron Cohen is making speeches and nailing it on the hypocrisy of big tech companies in regards to social media and their policies. The reason we got here is really a product management issue. And I'm not, you know, trying to play Monday morning quarterback to say Facebook should have known this or that. But the second you flip that switch where you're like, all right, we're going to do advertising, you better have a bulletproof plan as far as how you're going to go about it for the next like 10 years. I feel like they just kind of fell into things and then tried to figure it out. And it's not a way to scale when you have an audience in the billions. It just doesn't work like that. So now because Facebook's public, they've kind of painted themselves into this corner where they need the metrics, they need the engagement. The KPIs they're trying to hit are going to be astronomically large due to just the size of the beast at this point. So they got to, like, you know, bend the rules a little. Got to bend things. You know, yeah, we'll take that neo-Nazi political ad. Yeah, we'll take Breitbart's content. Yeah, we'll take whatever Antifa content or whatever political committees on the far, 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 far left and the far, far, far right. You know, they'll take anything. It doesn't matter. It's all good, baby. That's kind of where Facebook is now. They're kind of becoming the hostels of advertising we'll take anybody like the ymca we'll accept anybody here and the big problem is they're just like the middleman that's their whole thing it's like we're the middleman it's this isn't facebook's content but i mean you can't in a city post neo-nazi ads right like you can't there's a when it comes to big city like advertising and subways and things like that there are companies that are the companies you have to work with to get your company's ad in that slot, in that subway station. And there has to be some sort of um, rules and regulations around what content you can put on subways. Therefore, I don't see how Facebook's any different. Facebook's basically the same thing as that middleman subway advertising company that, you know... If you're Casper Mattresses, you have to go to to get your Casper Mattress ads on all the subways. It's the same thing. So I think the laws and principles should be consistent from on a government level between how you regulate subway advertising or and um, how you regulate digital advertising on platforms like Facebook. The problem is, I think the rule, the governing bodies that regulate that are like the city municipal boards or whatever. 
and Facebook's the entire world. So that's kind of the big sticking point. And, you know, you think the United States federal government in their current form is going to do anything about that? Hell nah. But to me, it just all goes back to how advertising is basically a a signal or waving the white flag and giving up on trying to create an innovative business model when it came to monetizing Facebook a decade ago or whenever it was and basically doing the lazy thing, um, how much it's created these problems and how making engagement and retention and things like this your main KPIs for your business's health in the world of social media and advertising, you know, how just gross that whole game can become at scale just how filthy it become and how you have to like or you don't have to but how internally you wind up making these decisions where you allow such craziness on your platform just to hit your stupid kpis that you created because you failed when it came to figuring out a real way to make money that isn't going to ruin the country that's what's interesting to me about all this how just shoehorning advertising into an organic platform that got big because of its organic virality which was mostly due to just how the interface was structured in a way where you can have discussions or um you know engagement with your friends on the board in a secure way where you know random people aren't hitting you up and you have complete control of your identity, and uh, you know you had to to see other people's stuff. You had to have some affiliation, whether it be mutual friends or the same college or whatever. Like how that has transformed to this is completely fascinating, mostly due to advertising. How that's completely fascinating to me because Facebook originally gained traction because it blocked out the noise. MySpace was becoming a cesspool. Because there was a lack of security on who can see your profiles and or who can find you. And then your profiles themselves, you know, on your feed, you could have like eight songs playing on different widgets. And your background could be this like weird glittery thing that makes the page 10 seconds as far as load time goes. And it just created this whole gross user experience which facebook corrected but then facebook needed to make the money and then they eventually killed their initial magic and replaced it with the ability for third parties to rig elections anyway i want to use sasha baron cohen's speech as kind of a uh, a jump starter for this kind of discussion where to me the real interesting point is how giving up on trying to monetize um, Facebook's platform in an ethical way has basically destroyed them, at least from a moral standpoint. It's very interesting. So looking back 50 years, 100 years from now, it's going to be even more interesting um, based on how things wind up going in the future. But anyway, I just want to touch up on that. It seemed very topical for this show, and um, I thought it was a really well-put-together speech. It's worth it's worth seeing. It's on YouTube if you just type in Sasha Bar- Sasha Baron Cohen ADL speech or whatever, you'll see it. You'll see a lot of big media companies that'll have like little clips of it, but it's worth seeing the whole thing. If you do a filter based on um, 
the video length, you'll find it. I think the real one is like 24 minutes or something. So worth checking out. Um, I think he's dead on. I think some of what he was saying, you know, he was going for the morality argument, but I think it's really interesting if you look at it from a product argument and kind of a, you know, analyzing the history of Facebook and uh, how it got here and some of the decisions they made maybe like 10, 8 years ago. It's pretty interesting. Anyway, that's that for this week. I just wanted to shed some light on that one and bring it to your attention. Thanks so much for listening as always and uh ugh, this is so bad. I always pay myself to a corner when I when I rip on social media and then I'm like, you can find us on Instagram at NRS underscore show and at Twitter at the same handle. It's gross. Or you can hit us up via email at notrocketscienceshow at gmail.com. Ugh. Ugh. But it's all true. It's all true. Hit us up. Um yeah. That's the hypocritical part of the show. That is the show. I'm Sean. Hope you have a great week. Hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Hope you eat all the turkey, all the mashed potatoes, all the gravy, all the pecan pie or pumpkin pie if that's your jam. Definitely not mine. Team pecan. Let's go. All right. That's it. See ya. Till next time. Peace. <laughs>